is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Most of us complain about the big technology companies, especially in terms of customer service. Verizon Wireless, Comcast, whatever your local cable or communications company that services your area is, we very rarely hear anything good about their customer service. Well, I actually have a very good experience with Comcast, no less. I received an email saying that my equipment was out of date. Did I want to upgrade at no charge? Sure. So they sent me the UPS package with the new cable modem, got tracking information, got delivery confirmation, you know, they really knew their stuff, and, and a self-install kit. So being somewhat techy and capable, I did the self-install piece. Took all the cables from the old cable modem, plugged them into similar spots, so I thought, in the new cable modem, and voila! It did not work. Couldn't figure out why. Looked like I had done everything correctly. So I call customer support. And I say, I thought I was doing it all correctly, but I'm sure I did something wrong. And the customer service representative said, it's always our fault. We'll take care of it. I thought that was the most interesting response I had ever heard. It's always our fault and we'll take care of it. So we actually have a technician coming out today to take care of it. So we'll see, I might have an update to this episode after, after that visit. But what I really liked about that was that attitude was very much solution oriented, not necessarily problem focused. Of course there's a problem, yes, but it's, let's fix it. Here's how we're going to solve it. Too often, we get too focused on the problem. Why did this happen? There's this problem. We still have this problem. And yes, of course, it's important to understand, perhaps, why the problem occurred so that the system or the process can be fixed so that the problem does not occur again. Too often people stay in that problem mode instead of let's solve the problem. What do we need to do to solve the problem? How can we solve the problem? The other thing that does that whole it's always our fault is it's taking responsibility and ownership. I do want to say something about that language though. It's always our fault. While yes, that puts my mind at ease and that makes me feel better, it's a little bit of a blaming language, right? Um, I'm thinking about the person who said that, the customer service rep. And when she had to say, it's always our fault, nobody likes to hear, it's always our fault or I'm at fault or, you know, Whatever that might be, fault is just such a, I think, a heavily laden word with connotation. And the effect, though, is that I, the customer, felt taken care of. 
I felt, yes, absolved. I still think I probably screwed something up and put something in the wrong place, but we'll see. We'll see. However, it really just blew my mind. Like, it's always our fault and we'll take care of it. Scheduled a technician to come out the very next day. That's fantastic. I said something about how it made me feel taken care of and contained. And one of the concepts we use for situations, for events, is the concept of containment. Thinking about putting a protective boundary around something, whether it's a retreat or a meeting or a training or a workshop or a speaking gig, whatever it might be, but this idea that there is this protective barrier, boundary, that everything is safe and contained inside and no undue outside influences can come in. You can see how that might make sense for something like a retreat or a strategy meeting or a think tank or anything like that. Thinking about it from the customer service standpoint, that it's always our fault and we'll take care of it, all of a sudden creates that safe boundary inside so that I feel truly that it will get resolved one way or the other. It will get fixed or maybe the, the equipment is bad out of the box. They'll do new equipment. Maybe they'll say, now nah, your old equipment isn't actually that out of date. Just stay with that. Whatever. I do know it's going to be solved. And they are helping me solve it with actually little effort on my part. I don't have to pay for the technician to come out. I didn't have to pay for this new equipment. I don't have to pay if we decide to send it back. They're coming out to our house and taking care of it. There's really little effort on my part. So they are definitely putting that contained boundary around this situation, making me feel fairly safe and secure. Now that sounds maybe a little over the top when we're talking about either customer service or Comcast cable modem or whatever it might be. But I want you to think about that as far as the experience that you create, whether it's in your department, with your team, how you are experiencing other things. How does your organization handle customer service? Do they take complete ownership? Do they create that safe boundary for customers and clients? If not, why not? And if not, how can you? Here's what I like to think about boundaries and structure. Somebody told me a long time ago that horses have to be able to see a fence line all around their pasture, so to speak. Otherwise, they don't feel safe. It's also one of the reasons why they have blinders when they're going on longer trips, maybe outside of their pasture and their meadow. So they can have this really big property and be able to meander and 
eat grass, all of that, but they have to be able to see the fence all around them. You can see for a pretty far ways as long as you have that boundary. It's something to think about. We all want that boundary. Some of us like a much bigger pasture than others. Some of us would like just a tiny little space with a very tight boundary, and that makes us feel very safe. Others want that as big as possible. But we all want some sort of structure, even if it's minuscule. We all need some sort of structure, some sort of understanding of how the world works. And that's applied down the scale to a smaller degree to the workplace, organizations, teams, departments, how the departments all work together or don't, how they should work together, customer service, keep going back to that. So looking at that, that idea of a boundary as a good thing and creating that safe containment inside it, how do you apply that to your organization? Let's go back to this customer service example. It's always our fault and we will take care of it. Whether you want your customer service representatives to adopt that language of, it's always our fault. If not that language, then what? How can we put customers at ease? And remember that customer service isn't always about solving problems. Yes, call centers usually exist for that reason. Uh, most people don't call up Comcast and say, you know, I'm really happy with my cable service or my internet service or my phone service. Just want to say thank you for doing a great job. <laughs> I, actually, it would be interesting to do that and just see <laughs> what would happen and see how the, uh, the customer service representative would, would react. Um, yeah, that's, that's, making me, that's making me smile. So obviously the call centers are there to handle problems, but that's not the only element of customer service. It's things like, hey, we noticed your equipment's out of date. Do you want to upgrade at no charge? Hey, you ordered equipment. Here's the UPS tracking link. Hey, we delivered your equipment. You, you should see it on your front porch or in your, you know, next to your garage, wherever it was delivered. How you interact with your customers and your clients is customer service. From the very beginning of a customer or client purchasing your product or service, writing the donation check to your nonprofit, engaging your services, customer service immediately begins and continues. So how do you create that amazing customer service experience with that idea of creating that contained space. So it's as if every interaction with your customer or client, you're putting this protective bubble around it. And if you were to think of each and every interaction as that sacred bubble and how you can keep it sacred and contained, how now would that change how you deliver customer service? If you're confirming the next strategy meeting, 
if you are connecting to let them know the results of the audit that your organization provided. If you are showing up on site and conducting a survey or an audit or delivering product or service right there on their on their doorstep, how can you create that sacred bubble? What goes into that? I hope that today's episode has given you something to think about in terms of customer service as an opportunity to create that sacred bubble, that safe space. I'd love to hear your comments over on www.theshulergroupllc.com. Go to podcasts and leave me a comment about what you think. And until next time, may you thrive.